Hi, this is Deborah Clay, author of Contemporary Fiction, and this is the Mindful Writer podcast. Each week, I chat with a guest exploring the psychological, emotional, and spiritual journey they have experienced as a writer, the lessons they have learnt and are continuing to learn. As I talk to other writers and reflect on my own experience, I hope to discover how we might find abundance in our creative pursuits, achieving our goals the mindful way. It's the 26th of May and it's the third episode of the Mindful Writer podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to an independent author, C. D'Angelo, because she's going to tell me about her writing journey, how she overcame disappointment to embrace new opportunities and found unexpected treasures. But first, I give a little update on my own writing journey. Two of my unpublished manuscripts are doing the rounds as I seek a publishing contract. And so I've been thinking about my next novel. Like most of you authors, I've been collecting ideas and I've got so many stories to tell, but none of them felt right at this moment. Sometimes you just have to wait for the right time to write a particular novel. Anyway, my thoughts kept going back to an image I saw several years ago of a sunken village in Yorkshire. The spire of a church was visible in the middle of a reservoir. And I've just had a yearning to write about that village for several years, as I say. So I did some research and found it was situated in a hard-to-reach place, for me anyway, because I was travelling by public transport. But then a series of amazing events led me to a wonderful woman who lived just three miles from the village, had been sunk, you know, in the reservoir. And not only did the stranger open up her home to me, but she volunteered her services and those of her friends to help me in my research. So I'll be spending a few days in North Yorkshire at the end of July, and I'll tell you more about it then. But it really shows that miraculous things can happen when you open your mind and heart to new possibilities. Which leads me on to this week's interview with author C. D'Angelo. C. D'Angelo, author of The Difference and The Visitor, tells me why we must be open to possibilities and not attach ourselves to one particular outcome, and how to build meaningful connections with other writers using social media. Seed Angelo, I'm so happy to welcome you to the Mindful Writer podcast. Your debut, The Difference, was published last year. And your second novel, The Visitor, is published this week. So happy publication day. Thank you. And it's so important to celebrate each step of the journey to publication, you know, from whether it's from writing a difficult chapter to completing the first draft. I wonder if you can tell us about some of the highs and lows in your journey to publication and what you've learned about yourself in the process. Oh, yes. There are many highs and lows. <laughs> um, uh, I, first of all, with the difference, I had a shift in how it was going to be published that I had to maneuver kind of at the last minute and I ended up self-publishing, which was not expected. Um, so dealing with that change was really difficult and actually making the decision to do that instead of waiting God knows how long for another uh, agent or publisher or whatever, um, 
was a very difficult one. Um, and I made sure that I, I wrote out choices. I talked to people in the field, talked to my friends and family, really did some soul searching and figured out what's the most important thing. Um, it was not the way it was published. It was that it's published to me at that point. So that is, that was the hardest thing so far for me, but I am really glad that I moved forward and I have no regrets about it because now it's out in the world and it's been bringing people pleasure. Um, and, and so, you know, there's always going to be highs and lows, even much more minor than that. I mean, just last week I thought, oh gosh, you know, how, how am I, um, still, you know, stuck at a certain level of review numbers. And I wish that I could have more reviews and things like that, that, you know, everyone who's an author thinks about, but then, you know, you just keep pushing and you keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to stick to me. I'm going to stick to what I do and it's going to come. I believe that. Really interesting. A couple of things I want to pick up there. One is about that heartache, that um, heartache and disappointment that all authors go through when they have a submission, a query out there with agents, submission with publishers. We kind of give the responsibility for our happiness over to somebody else. We put everything, don't we, on, on whether or not you'll choose me. It's like, choose me, choose me. And all of the feelings that you have of rejection when you're not chosen And you did a brave thing. You said, well, it's not going to happen that way, traditional publishing on this occasion. Therefore, I'm going to take another route, independently publishing. I think that sometimes we can get too focused on one particular outcome. It's the Mm -hmm. be all and end all and put all of our hope into it. And that can be so destructive, can't it? Oh, yes. It actually in the end does not matter because when you're a reader reading a book are you really looking to see where it came from no you're just enjoying the story and so us on this other side the authors you know we get so swept up in these ideas and the way that we thought it should be and all of that stuff and it it can really do damage on your mindset and on your self-esteem because yeah that rejection that's hard to face all the time but you know to be successful you have to keep pushing but you will have those moments as well that's just human (laughs) absolutely and I went through a similar journey to you as we've shared in the past I too um, was thinking I was going to get a traditional publishing deal and then took the option of going to be independently published. I have absolutely no regrets. I'd like to be hybrid published in the future because I can see Mm -hmm. all options have opportunities within them. But it meant that my father got to see the book that was had a a dedication to him and my mother in the front before he died. And he he was so proud. He showed everyone in the care home my daughter wrote this, my daughter wrote this. And although he had dementia, he knew very well, he was telling everyone again and again, he say, I've probably told you this, but my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) That is the sweetest story. Oh my gosh. That's see, that's, it's just everything that was meant to be. Absolutely. So no, no regrets on that. And like you, I know I've seen um, on your social media feeds, you've been to book bookshops you've signed you've had wonderful response from readers and that's so uplifting too isn't it 
Yes, that means so much to me. Um, I I wrote the story of the difference, um, just, you know, needing to get that story out there. But it is a very uh, deep story for me because it it really is in honor of my grandpa and his immigration to the U.S. and all the implications of that. Um, but also, I have a lot of mental health issues in there because I'm also a mental health therapist. And so I, I knew people could relate to it, but I didn't really think about it on that deep of a level. I just thought, oh, I just really, I think people will like it, you know, but people's response to it has been extremely heartwarming, especially with the mental health aspect. People are very much relating and even saying, thank you. I feel heard. I feel seen. Um, and you treated anxiety in such a real way, whereas in a lot of other books, it's not. And, you know, cause I, I can get all the innuendos because I've been doing therapy for 20 years. Um, <laughs> and I'm an anxious person myself, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so yeah, it's, it's been such a great pleasure to be able to have that, uh, feedback from people that I didn't really think about ahead of time. You know, you're just on a mission to, to get it done. Um, get it out there. But this is a true joy in in having the book published. Absolutely. You were saying about um, people felt that they'd been heard. I, again, I draw a parallel because, because I've told you before, in my um, professional background was occupational therapist. And then I worked in writing serious case reviews and domestic homicide reviews. So I was listening to people who'd been through a lot of pain, who were on the outskirts of society, and you hear that the voices are in your head. And I feel that if I have a mission in life, right back from when I was um, an occupational therapist through to my whole career and now as an author, if my purpose has been anything, it's about listening with empathy and giving voice to people whose voice feel unheard. And that's another way we can do that, not just in our professional lives, but as authors. And not intentionally, I don't bet you, I never set out to write a book to show people this or that. It's just those voices get in your head and you feel like you're still doing a service in making sure they're recognized and seen and heard. Yeah. And it, it's really interesting because it brings me to this idea of just being open to possibility, um, which you can't, you can't predict what's going to happen along this journey. And so don't even try and just kind of go along with it. <laughs> And, and keep trying your best, you know, um, but these great things come that you didn't expect that you didn't plan for. And it's sometimes even better than you thought with other ways. Um, and it's interesting because in the visitor, my second book, I, I have, that's kind of a, a, a theme in there, um, of a certain character is literally, I write, be open to possibility. Because that's so meaningful to me now. Say that again. So, Dan, you you write, think. Um, in in the visitor, I have a character that I have reflecting on being open to possibility, and I um, I mentioned it a few times in there. It's it's kind of like a theme for her. Um, so that that really hit me with the first book's journey is be just be open to possibility. And so I made sure I integrated that into this second book, The Visitor. That's a wonderful mantra to be open to possibility. It's mm -hmm. absolutely true. And that's mm -hmm. one of the most wonderful things about this writer's journey 
is when you open yourself up, you know, with, with an open heart and mind and generous spirit, the things that come to you that are unimaginable, sometimes far greater than you would have dreamed for yourself. It's incredible. Definitely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and, and the way um, those little links and connections are made that lead you to a, down a path or bring people to. I mean, you and I would never have met had you not contacted me to, about my last podcast, Cast Away Books, and I interviewed yes. there. And it's a wonderful connection. And you introduced me to the Author Talk Network. We've had some fabulous guests from there, and I've met some amazing women. So all of those opportunities that bring networks, new networks and new opportunities, people into your life, it's incredible. It is. And I, first of all, I love that you've been talking to the Author Talk Network people. They're wonderful. I'm so happy to be part of that. Um, and also this writing community has just been such a huge addition to my life. I mean, I now have people that I talk to all the time and consider friends, even though I haven't met them in person, you know, I mean, it's the funniest thing to me, but they are best friends at this point. And just like you, I love how we can communicate and just even support each other on Twitter and a like and a comment. And it's just fun to keep that connection. Mm. So again, had no idea that that would happen when I started this journey. <laughs> I know. I've been so impressed by the writing community and social media because I didn't really get into all of this until the beginning of the pandemic, the beginning of 2020, when I decided to um, indie publish. So I thought, oh, I better dip my feet in the, dip my toes in the um, Twitter and um, Facebook and et cetera. And I, had, I, I wasn't expecting to find such a generous, supportive, amazing community, the writers, mm -hmm. community, especially on Twitter. And like you, I've made connections and friends. And I have Zoom chats with people as I'm, you know, I'm doing this for our podcast. And I can look at you and you're, you're in the States and I'm in the UK. But I have other writer friends from around the world and we meet on Zoom to chat. It's incredible. It really is. And especially, I mean, I'm, I'm an age where I grew up, you know, don't, don't talk to strangers. And especially when the internet came around, you don't, don't talk to strangers on the internet. That's dangerous. And now it's this completely different <laughs> world where some of this is very safe and fine and actually adds a richness to your life. <laughs> so it's really funny to think about the flip side. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm older than you and I'm of a generation where this is all very new. I think younger people, they think, nah, well, of course you do that. They've been doing it for years, but it was really only um, beginning of 2020 that I was launched into this world. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, me too. Really. I mean, I, I was online, I had, you know, social media and things like that, but I wouldn't talk to people I didn't know. <laughs> and so, yeah, I would say, yeah, well, it started a little bit before that with the, the writing community, though, because I had um, started to build my platforms, I would say, I think it was 2019, maybe, um, or I mean, no, 18, 18, at the end of 18. So yeah, a good, a solid year before the world changed. <laughs> so I would say to people who are listening, who perhaps um, have only just started writing or are a bit shy of getting involved in the whole writing community on social networking, to um, where, where would you say for them to start if they were just getting involved? 
Well, okay. So talking about getting involved, you mean online? Get- online, finding writing community on online. Mm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I knew that having a Facebook account, an Instagram account, and a Twitter account were pretty standard. And so I had already had those accounts personally. So I thought, okay, I'm familiar with them. I'll, I'll just do that. Um, and then of course I kind of have my favorites now, but, um, I think it was very valuable for me to be on Twitter actually, and using the hashtag writing community, that is what brought me everyone there. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, it's kind of a tradition on that platform in that community where people will introduce you. And so maybe someone will see that and say, oh, hi, CD Angelo, welcome to the community. And then they'll tag other people. So then they see you're new and then it carries on, it carries on, it carries on. Literally, that's how it started on there is one kind soul said, oh, you're new. Oh, here. Okay. I'm going to introduce you to people. And it just grew from there. And so then, you know, you just start commenting back and forth with people and it, and it really grows mm. before you know it and unpredictably. <laughs> I found that the um, tweet chats have really helped me make meaningful connections with people. I set up one myself, which is hashtag FRI, as in short, short and Friday, Friday Salon, but it's just F-R-I-S-A-L-O-M. Mm-hmm. And we meet every Friday if you hashtag that in. And I found that by talking to the same people, or not just same people, but other people would join us, but a whole network of people every week, we got to know each other well. And not only do we meet now once a week there, but we've been beta readers for each other's books. We've met up on Zoom. They've become friends and they Aww. always welcome other people in. And now I'm joining other um, other people's tweet chats because I think it's the meaningful connections you make rather than just um, you, you can just sort of surf along, just look coast along, looking at things and commenting. But I think when you get involved in tweet chats, you have perhaps more meaningful exchange that can lead to other supportive um, opportunities amongst writers. For sure. And yeah, a long time ago on there, someone that I just would comment back and forth with a lot, um, put me and a few other people into a Twitter group, like um, in the messages. I don't know what you call that in the, it's like a group chat kind of thing, you know, and um, we keep in touch every day all the time. And it's been wonderful. Um, And then some of those people from Twitter in general, not just in the group chat are also on the other platforms. And then you make connections on there and, I think, you know, we need that as authors to support each other and share each other's work and be a cheerleader for each other. It it really brightens my day when I all of a sudden I see someone shared a post that I made that I spent a lot of time on and someone appreciates it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Networking. So, yeah, it's very needed. Networking is so important to bring new opportunities and open up more possibilities to make friends and for mutual support. Can't can't say can't say strongly enough how important it is to network. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> but so, oh, sorry. No, <laughs> I was just going to say, not only for just um, you know the kind of the the sharing and, and everything of posts and things that are happening and whatever. But 
um, the non the non-author stuff that goes deeper, I would say, like the everyday things, the challenges, you know, like just, oh gosh, how do I continue? Or am I good enough for this? You know, kind of the imposter syndrome, um, things like that too. I mean, those people really have gotten me through. I just want to add that in because that is so important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Seed Angelo, if you were to write a letter to your younger self, you know, perhaps thinking about the time when you had written your first novel and it wasn't going the way down the path you expected it to go, what words of wisdom would you impart? Trust the process. Have faith that what is, is meant to be will happen. Um, if you push sometimes too hard, I think your energy is spent in a place that's not meant to be. And so sometimes you have to just kind of let go and then what you want will happen, although maybe in a different way. So trusting that process, it's, it's going to happen. Just keep putting in the hard work and you'll get there. Such good words of advice. Absolutely. Trust the journey. Let go and trust the journey. Yes. Very often better things than you envisaged will happen. They'll happen at the right time in the right way. Exactly. Yes. And that's hard sometimes to keep in mind when you see some of the things that are happening to other people that you wish would happen to you, you know, and you have to just keep checking yourself and say, that's okay. It's not my time yet. It will happen or what is meant for me will happen. Exactly. Don't compare. We all compare, don't we? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's not healthy. We all have different journeys for different reasons which is perfect for us. Exactly. I wrote a blog post on this a while ago. I think it was last March. And um, it's not, it's called Just Say No to Comparison. <laughs> and I, I remember in there I had put, we need apples and oranges in the world. And, you know, so both have their place. Both are beautiful and it's okay. They're going to serve different needs. <laughs> so we can't compare them. You must give me a link so I can put it in the show notes. Okay, I will. (laughs) Thank you. So how do you look after your well-being? Because you're working full time and you're still being a prolific writer and doing all your marketing and networking. So how do you find time to do all those things? And how do you self-care? Well, as far as the time, I just have to make sure I prioritize what is needed, but also one of the priorities is my self-care. So I, you know, getting, getting the visitor out, there have been times where I had to spend all of my time when I wasn't working, including weekends, editing, doing everything needed to make the deadlines for the different editors and the different appointments and things like that. Um, but most times I could at least have the break of a whole Saturday and maybe half a Sunday and then just spend a little bit of time on Sunday doing what I need to do. Um, I make sure that I keep a consistent schedule with, I do book things on Sunday. So it may be writing my blog. It may be catching up with, I'm, I'm a, a, a tour guide slash host of the bookish road trip on um, Facebook and Instagram. And so I have duties for that. I may do those things on Sundays. Um, otherwise I really try to give myself a break 
all day Saturday and hopefully Friday night too. During the weeknights, it depends on what I have to do. Usually if I'm not in the deep edits of a book, I don't have to do much book stuff minus maybe social media, but that to me isn't a big deal. That's just, I'm kind of laying on the couch doing some things on my iPad. (laughs) So prioritizing what I need to do for the week, keeping a schedule on uh, my weekend, but also including my self-care time. Mm. And what is self-care to you? What what do you do to self-care? Finding time to relax, but what do you do to relax? Yes. Sorry about that. I got lost in my other thoughts. Um, (laughs) I love to talk with my husband, um, just zone out and read or watch TV or a movie. Um, I do a lot of other types of art. So sometimes I'll draw, sometimes I'll crochet. I have a ukulele that I play. So um, those are some other kind of outlets for me. Finding time, quality time to spend with family is also something we have to fit into our schedule, isn't it? Otherwise, Mm -hmm. we can be so insular getting on with our writing every free time we have. And then there's the danger that when we are with the loved ones, our our brains are working on our books and not giving them the full attention. That is so true. Yes. Sometimes my husband says, we need to talk about other stuff than book stuff. (laughs) You know? My husband's just as bad because he composes music and I will start, I'll know he's thinking about the music and not what I'm saying when I can see his fingers playing the piano on his on his leg or on my thigh or on the armchair. Chair oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> well, that's what happens when you're so ingrained in something, you know, you think about it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Cid Angelo, and congratulations on the visitor's publication this week. And there'll be links to um, your, your book and um, anything else you've mentioned in the show notes, because you did mention something else. And um, Oh, the blog. Your blog. Yes. Your blog. That's right. Excellent. Thank you. You can find the show notes at www.abrakdebra.wordpress.com. That's Abra, the letter K, and then my name, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. So until next time, take care of your beautiful self and trust the journey. Mm-hmm.